fastest growing sector of the economy. Um, I think that's right. Trump hating late night talk shows. <laughs> you know how many there are right now? 17,000. <laughs> Even Animal Planet has a political late night show. It's called Rough Night with Coco. She goes there. That was a little odd, uh, the punchline, but I like the, uh, the theme. Fastest growing sector of the economy is anti-Trump late night shows. <laughs> so I just ran down to my truck. So you'll recall, a couple of months ago, I had a flat tire in my other truck. Yes. And I was in a hurry. I had to leave like right after the show for something. I was going to the airport or something. I don't remember what it was. You were out of town. And uh, I know when the getting's good. And so I did something I'd never <clears throat> done in my life. I paid somebody to change my tire. Mm. I got a lot of guff on the internet and uh, from family members and friends about losing my manhood. So I'm committed to changing this tire on my own. Should be quite easy. You're a hero. But I'm just making sure I got everything that I need to have. So I was down so on my truck. So you ran down during the show to prep the tire? Well, no, no. So to see if I got a jack and all that sort of stuff. I see. Yeah. Okay. All right. I thought I'd make it back in time, but you know what? It's farther than it looks. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> So, listen, uh, we've uh, we got to get to Clips of the Week in a moment mm-hmm. or two, but I want to take a, a quick gander at some of the editorials that all the, well, not all, but virtually all of the newspapers of America threw together yesterday in yeah. protest of Donald J. Trump uh, bad-mouthing them. And, yeah, this is about Trump again. I've been I swear to, uh, to God, it, it just, we can't keep this up. I've been meaning to talk about species. this all week long. The, so the Boston Globe? Yes. Printed the the piece and then it got repeated in three hundred some newspapers about how Trump is uh, calling us the enemy of America is bad for this. Or that. Well, I, just a slight clarification: they wrote to every newspaper in America and said, "Hey, everybody, on the sixteenth, do an editorial on the importance of the freedom of the press." Oh, were they all different? I thought it was yeah. the same. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, that's, I miss miss misunderstood that. Everybody took their own approach. When I heard about it weeks ago, I thought it was going to be one same thing everywhere. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, anyway, stay tuned. So for did a little, they uh, vary a lot? But oh, they yeah. did. Actually, well, they didn't vary a lot, but there were some interesting angles that were different, depending on which way the papers swung. They were all newspapers that endorsed Hillary Clinton, I heard. Is that accurate? Did well, not endorse Donald Trump? Well, I don't know that there were any major papers that endorsed Trump. Or were very, very few. There were like two small papers. Right. So you repeat yourself. I mean, or something like that. Anyway, uh, so we'll talk about well, that. It's just, it's just that newspapers that <clears throat> didn't endorse him for president don't like the way he handles the press. Is not necessarily shocking. I don't know. But I he's think also you're... the first president to say that the press is the enemy of the people. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I don't think it's about who they endorsed. Honestly. Um. That's because you're part of the deep state. You're right. You caught me. So that and uh, a major cover-up in a major California Catholic archdiocese. We're going to at least touch on that. I want to hear that. This hour, if we can. First, though, let's take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cal Clips of the Week. Sphincter bleaching is a very up-and-coming business. Here's a little test to figure out if your meme might come off as a little 9 11 one, am I Saudi Arabia? Spokesperson Katrina Pearson and campaign communications director Jason Miller, in which they discuss how to deal with the potential fallout from its release. My God, that story's stupid. 
I'm the kind of person who covers her own back. In Trump world, everyone lies. Everyone says one thing one day, and they change their story the next day. For even after publication of book, you went out and you actually heard the tape. I did. Um, I think I called him a butthead, and I meant it. That story has no impact on anybody's life. I'm sorry for the delay. We just got to change 800,000 AA batteries. I almost guarantee you one thing. They price it. I need to stay anonymous. No kidding, because you'll look like an idiot. Chipotle's going to train all its retrain all its workers on food safety. Stop pooping in the salad. How many times have I got to say it? That's going to be the retraining. I got a question. Um, Like never poop in the salad a- at all? Does that apply to everyone? Yes. We're kidding. I How love Chipotle. The corn? Can we poop in the corn? <laughs> I would eat a Chipotle right now. You bring me a Chipotle well, burrito, another, I'd eat the entire thing. They right had now. another mess. I know. I know. They did. So uh, what does your bravado mean? What does it prove? What What are you trying to my say? My bravado? Yes. I'm not worried about Chipotle. It's, it's isolated incidents. All right, then. Nearly 650 people self-reported gastrointestinal symptoms after eating there in late July. Maybe they ate too much. I always have gastrointestinal problems after I eat at Chipotle because I eat a nine-pound burrito. Urg. That's the problem. It's not anything to do with them. But anyway, they're going to retrain everybody. They could not pin down a specific ingredient that caused the problems. I'd like to know, is Chipotle actually having more problems than this with this than other restaurants, or have they just become the one that you reported about? Right. Kind of like happened with United there for Steak a while. and Shake uh, makes people puke. Doesn't make the news. Doesn't make the news. That's a, For instance, Steak and Shake has made no one puke recently, as far as I know. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't know about that. So, uh, the New York Times editorial about the freedom of the press, it's one of hundreds written around the country at the behest of the Boston Globe, begins as follows. In 1787, the year the Constitution was born, Thomas Jefferson famously wrote to a friend, quote, Were it left to me to decide whether we should have a government without newspapers or newspapers without a government, I should not hesitate a moment to prefer the latter. That's how he felt before he became president anyway. Twenty years later, after enduring the oversight of the press from inside the White House, he was less sure of its value. Quote, nothing can now be believed which is seen in a newspaper, he wrote. Truth itself becomes suspicious by being put into that polluted vehicle. Wow, that's, that's pretty interesting. That is funny. That but, is pretty interesting. And I've, I've heard reporters say every president comes to loathe the press. Right. They just right. don't say it <laughs> as out loud as Trump has. For reasons both justified and unjustified, I would guess. And listen, which brings me to my reaction to a lot of the editorials, a number of which I read, or at least chunks of. You know, I don't walk around all day seeing the, the world through a prism of pro-Trump or anti-Trump. Those of you who do, it's, it's got to be rough. I, I wish you well. I hope your health isn't affected over the next several years, because it's really an unhealthy way to approach your life. Um, but a lot of the stuff that's written as a First Amendment freak, which I am, uh, I think has been great. It's it's terrific. Which Talks part of about, the First Amendment are you into? 
Uh, the the freedom to assemble mostly. Peaceful I just like assembly. to get a peaceful assembly. Yeah, yeah. sometimes uh, slam dancing, but mostly peaceful. Just the stuff from uh, they quote the Supreme Court in the New York Times. Public discussion is a political duty. That discussion must be uh, social justice warriors. This is for you. Uninhibited, robust, wide open, and may well include vehement, caustic, and sometimes unpleasantly sharp attacks on government and public officials, etc., etc. A lot, a lot of good stuff. Uh, The San Diego Union Tribune hit a lot of those notes as well, and quite skillfully. They also, in a way that a lot of papers didn't, talked about the need for the press to be responsible Mm. and talked about some notable mistakes that get repeated over and over and over again as fact, even though everybody knows or really ought to know that they're not true. The uh, I don't have it in front of me, but the numbers on people who, uh, you know, have respect for the institution of the press, very low. And that includes Trump haters and Trump lovers. It's very low. Right. Um, so they have done themselves a lot of harm over the years by getting a lot of stuff wrong because they got away from, you know, uh, double sources and all that sort of stuff. Let's just run with it. We got one anonymous source. Let's print it. Right. Right. Um, you know, a number of, of the opinions, the editorials make the note that words matter. That's why we're here. And so the president whipping up, uh, you know, Hatred and angst could end in something terrible, and we don't want that. Nobody wants that. Um, it, you know, like most things in life, there's a lot of truth on all the sides. I like this from the Arizona Daily Star. At a practical level, we journalists sit through boring governmental meetings and learn about public school financing formulas, so you don't have to. It's not as lofty a statement as the First Amendment, but it serves. Um, Here's the Idlewild Town Crier from Idlewild, California. A person who blasts reliable news sources as fake when they prove him wrong on an issue, or when it reveals his self-contradictions or his ignorance, or whenever he simply doesn't like it, is denying reality. Then the Ferndale Enterprise in Ferndale, California, points out the fake news mantra is not unique to our current commander-in-chief. In this small town, we've heard it for years, as has any other small-town editor in remote locations around our great nation. For the most part, we've been amused by the desperation of those who echo it. I thought that was kind of uh, funny. A number have praised themselves and others for great changes they've wrought for all of us in America. Um, let's see, where's the other one I really liked? Um, you know, the Coachella, uh, Coachella Valley Independent, when they're not staging rock concerts, says, quote, after all, we need to share our roads, our stores, our cities, our planet. Shouldn't we m- at least make an effort to understand each other? I like that. That's a very hippie uh, sentiment by the good folks in uh, Coachella. Could you become a big, big successful national newspaper by saying we're going to try as hard as we can to prevent co- to present completely unbiased news? Then you got to hire journalists that'd be willing to do that, that want to do that. Um, could you do that? Well, you'd have to hire like uh, I was going to say like a pair of editors who are always there, one who leans left and one who lives, leads right. But you'd probably want to make it more like four or five spanning the political spectrum, and then have them all say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! That phrase there—that's a charged phrase. You only are using that because you don't like me and my people." New, uh, but it would take like. 50 hours to produce every story to write a one paragraph story about the new economic numbers right and it would be a very dry story because you have to leave out any you know good writing any of the exciting stuff because it tends to be you know lead you one way or another Mm -hmm. 
Fair, this is from the Center for Public Integrity, Washington, D.C. Fair, rigorous criticism of the press is welcome and expected, but attacks labeling it as, quote, the enemy of the people or dangerous and sick are neither appropriate nor responsible. Um, it probably ain't good. No, it's not. It, it absolutely isn't. But, you know, it's funny. Everybody tends to think everybody takes in the world through their eyes. And I hear all the crazy stuff Trump says and just think, well, that's crazy stuff. And I don't take it seriously. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. It's the lunatic fringe on each side of the issue that that you should worry about. Because the vast, vast majority of people, including people at Trump rallies, hear that stuff and they laugh. They know how over the top it is. They're not going to run over and attack some poor cameraman. Now, Antifa runs around attacking cameramen all the time. Where are the, uh, the uh, articles, the editorials about that? I'm not seeing them. Got but, this text. I respect what the press should be. I don't respect what they are. That's pretty good. Yeah, see, I yeah, everybody's got to be so adamant these days. I absolutely respect what the press is and thinks they ought to do a hell of a lot better job than they're doing. It's just, I don't know. Ambivalence has been lost to the world. The fact that you can feel both ways at once. Somebody with a Chipotle story, I'm not going to pass oh, along. Oh, boy. It, these things happen. Does it include the word explosive? So I heard this story recently. Do I have time? No, I don't. we got to take a break. I'm sorry. i got a story about a restaurant. Somebody was working in a restaurant for a first time and had a uh, had a bit of a tail. Makes it difficult. To, I, I, I should eat at restaurants less, so maybe it's good for me to take this in. They make me fat. I guess. You know, the, the restaurant thing is similar to my news analogy. A news outlet that published would probably be really dry, straightforward accounts of things, not leading you. It would be dry and nobody would want it. Just like a restaurant that served reasonable portions without super fattening stuff in it. And not too much sodium. Wouldn't do that well. No, nobody go. Yeah. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. I'll tell my restaurant story before the hour's over. Stay tuned. Somebody uh, just started working at a restaurant with a, uh, well, a disgusting tale. Oh, no. Oh, boy. So the Archdiocese of Sacramento stretches from the Oregon border to a significant chunk of the Bay Area of uh, California. A diocese is pretty large in many cases, yeah, geographically. It's, it's many, 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 many churches, and it's run by a fellow who's um, highly controversial um, by the name of Soto, I believe. Bishop Soto. Uh, there's been a, a tremendous uh, resignation of priests and and lowering of attendance and that sort of thing. Uh, <clears throat> but that's just kind of an aside. The uh, story has come to us that a longtime housekeeper at one of the big churches in, I believe, the city of Sacramento, certainly that region, um, walked in on the parish priest having sex with another priest. Wow. She was threatened and told to be silent. Now that's that's <clears throat> that. If they're both a consenting adults, is okay. You probably shouldn't be doing it in the church. 
Well, yeah, it's absolutely not okay according to church doctrine. Well, though. I mean, yeah. come on, yeah, yeah. it's it's wildly. Yeah. I know you know that, but um, yeah, I don't have I don't have any cause in this. I'm just I'm an observer of power and of bureaucracies and how they behave. So anyway, uh, she was threatened and told to be silent. But instead, she told Dave Leatherby Jr., and that's a familiar name to many in Northern California because of their uh, their ch- smallish chain of delicious ice cream shops, uh, where you get a, a banana split and that sort of thing, and go with the family. Um, she told Dave Jr. is a deacon in the church, who then took the information to a trusted uh, priest in the diocese, But the reaction wasn't what it should have been. He exploded, Leatherby said. The next thing he knew, Leatherby's son, who's a father himself, these people are devout Catholics, was given two hours to vacate the rectory where he lived, even though he didn't have a role in this at all, and was placed on suspension on a charge of having sex with a female parishioner. The woman involved later recanted her story, but Father Jeremy is still on suspension, having been in limbo for two and a half years without a hearing. He can't even get a hearing. Bishop Soto will not respond to Father Jeremy's canonical lawyer. I know I didn't pronounce that correctly, but and won't allow a hearing, yet the bad priests are still in their uh, parishes. And so various investigative journalists mm. have looked into this. Bad priests. This is This is a... Completely different thing. And you raping children, I want you freaking executed. You're lying about the fact that you're celibate and or straight. Whatever. That's your deal. <laughs> well, they get to that. They get to that. Um, <clears throat> said uh, Dave Leatherby Sr., if you're not on the end of the sex ring, they'll allow you to be destroyed. If you don't agree with the political agenda, they push you out. At the bishop level, it's a swamp. The sex problem has made it newsworthy, but it's the power-mad bishops who are terrifying priests. They've forgotten that they are still priests, too. And then uh, another guy who they cite goes on and says, "What part of the problem is there's a huge closeted gay situation, and the large majority of the sexual uh, hijinks, the, the so-called child molestations, are post-pubescent boys, men, young men. They're teenage boys. So it's not there. You know, there are different crimes, sec, uh, lewd and lascivious with a child of under 14 and over 14, because it's just it's a different thing. And so what they're saying is there's this huge problem with a, a high percentage of these priests being gay and having sex with the teenage boys. And the Catholic Church isn't being honest about that either. And in fact, if anybody calls them on it, they get ruined. Yeah, well, if only 3% of the population is gay, according to most studies, it certainly seems like there's a higher percentage of that among priests. Yeah. So it's got to be attracting <laughs> gay people at some level, doesn't it? I mean, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but... Uh, yeah, there's an explanation for that, but it's kind of long and complicated. But it's worth pointing out, that's this is going on right now, not in the 50s. Right. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Trump's defending former campaign chief Paul Manafort while promising to order another security clearance revocation. And California is moving to radically change the bail system. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Good stories next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. restaurant story from somebody who just started working at a restaurant and matt at the dmv has been updating us all morning long on his experience and it's pretty good so very quickly i have an exciting announcement to make especially for you and me jack 
Uh, based on our discussion of John Brennan versus Donald Trump, we have officially a vow to never listen again because we were too pro-Trump and a vow to never listen again because we were too pro-Brennan. Received back-to-back. This is a proud day for us. <laughs> Honest to God. No exaggeration. Wow. Not making it up. Two people listen to the exact same conversation. Correct. 180 degrees apart. Enraged by our discussion. Presumably fans of the show who are going to forego that because we're just too far out of line. You will be missed. That's something. These are weird times. News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump is once again speaking out and once again defending his former campaign chief, Paul Manafort. I, I think the whole Manafort trial is very sad. When you look at what's going on there, I think it's a very sad day for our country. This really? To catch a tax cheater? The guy is just clearly a tax cheat. <laughs> what are you talking about? Trump telling reporters he believes Manafort is a, quote, very good person. He also reiterated again that he believes the Russia investigation is a rig witch hunt, and special counsel Robert Mueller needs to end it, end it now. He's going to pardon Mueller is highly okay. conflicted. In fact... Uh, Comey is like his best friend. I could go into conflict after conflict. He's going to pardon Manafort, clearly. Wow. That's the uh, signal he's sending. I do oh, believe. yeah. Yep. So the jury yesterday wanted a clarification on uh, reasonable doubt. Oh, yeah. and the, the But there are 30 charges, so that could be on... Right. They could have all agreed he's guilty on the other 29. <laughs> Well, no, what happens, because I've seen this, I've served on two juries clear to a verdict and, and one almost, and it happened both times. You got one numbskull who thinks reasonable doubt is, well, a space alien could have come down, and they don't understand what reasonable means. That's I blame so, television and movies who my whole life have been saying beyond a shadow of a doubt. Well, yeah, and with the CSI that nails it down completely. And so the other 10 or 11 of you who are sane go to the judge and you say, can you explain again what reasonable doubt is to this moron? That's what happens. So I'll I, bet that's what happened. I thought it was interesting that they they asked the judge, could you remind us, because there, there was lots of paperwork and it was Reams really complicated. Yeah. And they, could you remind us, was this for this, in what order? And he said, yeah, what documents were for what charge? I'm, you need to rely on your memories. And I thought, wow. Are you, you're not allowed to, are you allowed to take notes when you're in the jury box? Oh, yeah. Oh, you are? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you'd have to in a trial like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, you have to be writing uh, Count 14, uh, Tax Evasion, State of New York, Form 17-3-C applies to this charge. Nobody would ever do that. And you would miss the next two minutes. Yeah, good point. Right. Meanwhile, the president is also saying he expects to quickly revoke the security clearance for the Justice Department official whose wife worked for the firm involved in producing the dossier on Trump's ties to Russia. Yeah, this Bruce Orr thing is yep. weird. Trump I is mean, saying the official Bruce Orr is a disgrace. So, this guy at the Justice Department, whose wife works for Fusion GPS yep. that hired Christopher Steele, also is in communication with Christopher Steele and another guy about a Russian oligarch's need and said, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely help him out which, from within the Justice Which, moment. once again, gets to Mueller could announce, who knows what he's going to say. Right. I mean, he could have a complex spy tale that it's difficult to, he'll have to have a chart with all the players involved in the Trump and Clinton orbits and Russia and everything sure, like that. Sure, D's I, and R's plenty. Or, or not, but so this is another great example, and we'll probably lose a couple more listeners who are polar opposites of each other. Uh, some of the stuff the president said about Manafort is just silly. It's ridiculous. 
We don't know what the Mueller probe is at this point. The whole collusion thing in the media is wildly overblown. He's absolutely right about that. And there is some really odd goings-on happening at the Justice Department that somebody's going to get to the bottom of. It's all true, simultaneously. California has become the first state to end money bail for defendants waiting for trial under a proposal that has been unveiled in the legislature. It would create a new system. This is more utopian nonsense. That would instead jail people based on their risk level. Under the proposal, most suspects accused of nonviolent misdemeanors would be released within 12 hours of being booked in jail. People accused of serious violent felonies would not be eligible for pre-trial release. A number of groups, though, worry about the additional power given to local courts and probation offices to decide who should stay in jail, saying it could lead to indefinite detention. Now, the state senator, Bob Hertzberg, a Democrat from Van Nuys, who co-wrote the bill, says, We already have a form of pretrial detention. Now it's called bail. If you don't have any money, you don't get out. It unfairly punishes the poor. You know, there might be some element of that, but it assures people show up for trial. And they're talking about ankle bracelets and whatever. There's already a way to figure out who ought to... The judge already considers how dangerous somebody might be, or whether they're a flight risk or whatever. You know, it's funny. I read a little bit about the legal theories behind this. And bail is mentioned in the Constitution. It's in the Bill of Rights. We have a sacred right to bail. But judges have said, that doesn't mean they have to offer it. They can come up with a completely different system like they're trying to do. Right. I'm going to bail in about 20 minutes. <laughs> well, it turns out most Americans do not support President Trump's plan to create a space force. Really? That's and, interesting. A new CNN poll finds... That's people. because a large percentage of Americans just knee-jerk hate anything he proposes. New CNN poll finds 55% of the people asked say they don't support the creation of the force. 37% favorite. In June, Trump announced he was directing the Pentagon to immediately begin the process of creating a new branch of the military with a charge to protect U.S. assets Uh, in space. I wish I could do a political experiment where Barack Obama announced exactly the same program with the same words and see what the support would have been. I think I remember correctly that the day after the proposal, it was instantaneously and bitterly mocked by all the uh, comedians, not Canadians. (laughs) Uh, Which are the ones with the jokes? Comedians, right. Uh, The ones that live in Saskatchewan. (laughs) No, that's Canadians. All the uh, late-night comedians mock the idea is clearly stupid, more Trump idiocy. The name is jiving. I think it would help. You got a different name. I don't know what it would be. I'm standing on the hill that it is idiocy. (laughs) Mm. I'll stick with that one. Yeah, I... I It's idiocy? In what sense? How can that possibly be? From... Well, just from a, a cost standpoint, from the is one the the fact that it's already there's already programs that do kind of what this is purporting to be. The fact that there isn't even a plan beyond it, other than the fact that he thinks Space Force sounds cool, and and you it, know that to be true. I, I haven't heard a plan of it. I and don't. I don't, I don't know that not to be true because that's what I've been looking for. Is yeah. the what? What is it going to be, and what is it going to cost? And I haven't heard anything on that. It's and, the early days. And I liked your argument of wasn't uh, didn't we have a branch that was already covering this sort of? Yeah, part? the Air Force does it. Air is right above us, kind of like by space. Well, so it just didn't... gets thinner and thinner till there's none. But Sean, mm. yes, you're a knee jerk Trump hater. No, I'm just not. admit it. No, I'm not. Admit it. No, he's he's the worst president we've ever had. But I'm not a knee jerk <laughs> Trump hater. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I, I wow. think I think I think both of those could be true. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation.
Yeah, I just, I, as a fiscal conservative, I just, I, my immediate reaction to any announcement of a giant program is real skepticism. Has this been thought out? Is, is this sure. necessary? Is this? It's another great example of both are true. You ought to have that attitude, yeah. and we need to protect our space assets and not be killed by death rays. I'm anti-being killed by a death ray, but man, I certainly haven't come across an article where there's any talk about what exactly it's going to do and how much money it's going to cost. Please do that before you start going down the road to everybody voting for things. They're going to fake the moon landing again. <laughs> I want to tell this restaurant story. I got Matt's m- multiple updates throughout the morning from the DMV, which is great. And Elon Musk's interview with the New York Times, which shows he's clearly cracking. It's going to be a great petering out next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I want to go through a couple of things uh, quickly. I was reading this Elon Musk interview in the New York Times. He was at home in L.A. struggling to maintain his composure, according to the New York Times. This past year has been the most difficult and painful. It was excruciating. In an hour-long interview, he choked up multiple times. Wow. He missed his brother's wedding in the summer and spent his birthday holed up in the offices working. He's a, he's a guy with $23 billion, and he's making himself miserable by working. And missing his brother's wedding? If I have $23 billion, I will not make myself miserable. I guarantee you of that. Um, wow. Another thing, we got this text. We were getting them all morning long. I should have I joined it in progress, but we were getting them from... Uh, oh, that would have been a fun, ongoing feature. Matt at the DMV. I'm here at 830, 150 people out the door. 25% look illegal. 25% look <laughs> drunk and under 30 years old. 25% seem like they work in shipping and receiving somewhere. 10% are college kids. 10% terrorists. One out of 20 people with a job not at a dock. 90, wow. 90% are on smartphones all the time. Uh, another DMV report. There's a nice worker checking folks in line. I guess that was a good thing. Another one. Correcting the percentages. One third of line holders may not be human. <laughs> DMV update. The guy in front of me is a nervous terrorist. Really fun. <laughs> And then getting to your story earlier in the week that the average man and woman are now almost 200 and 170 pounds, I can confirm that looking around the DMV. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Oh, and it's signed Matt living at the DMV because that is two and a half hours after his original text. (laughs) Uh, I was talking to somebody the other day who uh, got a job at a a restaurant recently. And I'll keep this very, very vague because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. They like their job and they're making money and everything like that. There is a co-worker that shows up and uh, very, very dirty, very a very oh dirty person, like dirt on their face and hands, visible filth Okay, on their face and hands, and they show up at the kitchen, and they're always sweaty because they're always like running behind, and they oh. just ran in, and they're sweating their Gross. dirt over the salads and stuff as oh. they make them in the kitchen. It's and, a sick enough. And the, and the manager has been alerted multiple times. This person has been told to put on a hairnet or wash their their hands, and they just ignore them, and nothing is done. Why do they work here, there anymore? The hell? I don't know. Desperate for help? I don't know. That's a disgusting story, though. That's How gross. often does that happen in restaurants, and you just don't know it? You get the a lot, a lot, because you've worked in restaurants. I've worked in many restaurants. Yeah. There are restaurants that I go to where I will specifically avoid 
Or I will tell you, hey, don't don't get the salads here. Really? Well, it, just because there are tongs by the salad bar doesn't mean that the people are using the tongs to put it on your plate. Yo, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. And so this particular person doesn't let a friend or family member eat when that person is making the meals. Not yeah. all places. Plenty of restaurants are perfectly good, but some of them are. And they're probably the ones you could guess. Boy, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Your uh, expenditure per bite tends to have an effect on, yeah, the quality of people behind the counter. Not exclusively. A lot of fine folks have worked their way up through America's fast food industry. If your place is referred to as some sort of food depot or factory or warehouse or something like that, that may be the thing. How about... A hut or a bell. Yes. <laughs> Similar as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny that uh, Matt uh, living at the DMV should mention uh, uh, college kids and drunks and the rest of it. I was just reading the terrorists. other. Well, terrorists, too. That doesn't really apply to what I'm about to say. But um, an annual survey, the Monitoring the Future study, which my kids did, I think, a couple of times. Annual survey of 50,000 adolescents and young adults in America. Alcohol use has dropped steeply since the 1990s. Is it because they're smoking pot? Might have something to do with it, come to think of it. Uh, it's not that everybody's sober or anything, but researchers have found that young people today are throwing back fewer drinks than their counterparts 10 or 15 years ago. Most significant in the teens, but also present among adults in their 20s. Now, Similar trends in Australia, the UK, and several European countries. Does this fit in with the acceptance of marijuana? I have a theory. Yeah, I wonder. Is that your theory? Or? No. Uh, Smartphones. You used to not be able to be video drunk on a night out, right? Like the, the likelihood of me doing something ridiculous when I was drunk. These teens have grown up seeing YouTube fail videos of such and such. So, so they're you more think, cautious? That's huh. interesting. So you think people are drinking less because they're worried Somebody will get a video of him doing something. It was the first thing that popped into my mind when well, when he said cer- that. That certainly could be some weird sort of social. God, I can this, think of this can go viral awareness. No, I drank more than the average person, but well, I'll let me think about my friends who didn't drink more than the average person. God, there are many things that would have been, if not embarrassing, practically reputation ruiners if they'd ever been caught on video. Percentage of kids from roughly fourteen to eighteen. Uh, who've tried alcohol at some point in their lives went in 97 it was 69 percent last year was 42 percent so i wonder what it is for pot and then some of your crazy stuff that's out there killing people opioids i'd like to know that and now it's time for final thoughts with those two hotties armstrong and getty and the other guys too kids come back to booze your old friend Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Yeah, there's more to this. Maybe we'll hit on it Monday. Uh, so many people. Thank everybody's hung over. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Hey, Michelangelo, your final thought. Yeah, if you have a job that forces you to work 120 hours a week and makes you feel miserable, time to quit or slow down. It doesn't matter what a job pays if you end up dead. Good it's point. easy for you to say as a non-megalomaniac super genius. Marshall Phillips, final thoughts. Got a couple of thoughts. Most popular day of this year to get married will be tomorrow. 8 18 18 and for Marshall, sure, because of the nut jobs from Asia who believe in numerology. That's and, why. And for Marshall's surefire way to quit smoking, check out Marshall's musings at armstrongandgetty.com later on this morning. Way to give back, Marshall, as they say.
A uh, positive Sean, what's your final thought? Oh, yeah, I already got plans to be back on the tennis court again tomorrow morning. Oh, I'm I'm getting... My servant volley game is looking clean. I'm just starting to challenge Ray. You think you're better than me? See me on the tennis court. We'll see. So are you a baseline slug it out with him, or do you run up to the net? Oh, no, servant volley. I use my length. He, okay. he tried to hit it over the skyscraper. Yeah. I dare you. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. All right, then. Jack, how about a final thought? I'm going to attempt to change a tire for the first... I've changed a lot of tires in my life, but I've never done it with uh, a vehicle this modern and they've made it more difficult and the key i've never done it at this age oh boy <laughs> so, uh, so that'll be exciting yes that would be the factor among factors <laughs> well it's noisy in boise tonight it's joe and Daho looking forward to getting together with a bunch of folks in idaho for a, a brew or something joe palooza that's right yeah. joe cella look <laughs> i'm not gonna be there all night not getting hammered, all right? Sure. Come on. We're going to have a nice, uh-huh. friendly chat, a beer, shake a couple of hands, and then I'm out. Uh-huh. Right? Everybody keep cool. <laughs> <laughs> See you Monday. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from not planning, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come to go. If this still cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! (laughs) Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.